Good evening. It's great to be here this evening together. It is a packed auditorium. If you're a guest, we're certainly glad that you're with us tonight. Hope that you'll think about making us your church home. We'd love to be that for you. Uh, again, we want to welcome you. Tonight is a special service. Uh, it's our back-to-school service. As you probably figured out, we've had a lot of prayers. I appreciate Chris and Corey, Hardison and Christian, all the guys who are helping out this evening. I appreciate their service so much. The prayers that have been led have been very beautiful and, and well thought through. And I appreciate uh, those men for thinking through uh, what they want to say before the throne of God. We, we appreciate those two very much. A couple of little things before we get started. Someone handed me a note. And 66 years of marriage celebrated by George and Joanne Griffin. Where are you two? Are you in the back? Would y'all stand up? We appreciate your example so much. And I'm proud of you two. 66 more. Here we go. Right? Excited about that. I'm proud of those two. Appreciate their example of marriage uh, to young guys like me. I appreciate it. Uh, older couples who have who've been faithful to one another. Uh, more good news. Two baptisms in Brazil. Have you heard that already? Two more baptisms in Brazil. Uh, God is good. And we just keep on hearing more and more good news. Uh, also, we want to, I don't know if I said this publicly this morning, but uh, a lot of our team from, from Honduras is back now. So we appreciate their hard work. Uh, we know Phil Wagner is doing a great work down there and uh, continue to, to love to hear the great things that are happening. I know that they're they're baptizing people right and left. People are being restored. And uh, it's a great work. And we appreciate everybody who's, who's continued to pray and give and, and also go. We appreciate everybody who's participated in that. The Mixed Up Chameleon by Eric Carle. On a shiny green leaf sat a small green chameleon. It moved onto a brown tree and it turned brownish. Then it rested on a red flower and turned reddish. When the chameleon moved slowly across the yellow sand, it turned yellowish. You could hardly see it. When the chameleon was warm and had something to eat, it turned sparkling green. But when it was cold and hungry, it turned gray and dull. I feel like I should be doing this as I read. When the chameleon was hungry, it sat still and waited. Only its eyes moved up, down, sideways until it spotted a fly. Then the chameleon's long and sticky tongue shot out and caught the fly. That was its life. It was not very exciting. But one day, the chameleon saw a zoo. It had never seen so many beautiful animals. The chameleon thought, how small I am, how slow, how weak. I wish I could be big and white like a polar bear. And the chameleon's wish came true. But was it happy? No. I wish I could be handsome like a flamingo. I wish I could be smart like a fox. I wish I could swim like a fish. I wish I could run like a deer. It's getting weirder and weirder, isn't it? I wish I could see things far away like a giraffe. I wish I could hide in a shell like a turtle. I wish I could be strong like an elephant. I wish I could be funny like a seal. 
I wish I could be like people. Just then a fly flew by. The chameleon was very hungry, but the chameleon was very mixed up. It was a little of this, and it was a little of that, and it couldn't catch the fly. I wish I could be myself. The chameleon's wish came true, and it caught the fly. Isn't it easy to identify with a story like that? Everybody in this world has a desire for at least two things. We want to be something, and we want to belong to something. God put those desires inside of all of us. He knows that we're a lot like chameleons, chameleons searching for an identity. He gave us the ability to, to change and adapt and adjust, and, and sometimes we, we want to blend in. And if you haven't noticed, we tend to look exactly like whatever or whoever we surround ourselves with. And many times that's where we become kind of mixed up. So what do you want to be? What do you want to belong to? Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. In this passage, we've got two identities. We've got the old self and we've got the new self from verses 9 and 10. Everybody wants to be something. And God speaking to the Colossian Christian says, here's what you used to be. You used to be sexually impure. You used to be covetous. You used to be worldly. You were angry, vengeful, malicious, slanderous, obscene. You were liars, but that's who you used to be. That's the past. That's the old self. You put that way of life to death when you buried the old man in baptism. Everybody wants to be something. What do you want to be? What if God can answer that question for you? What if God said, hey, here's what I want you to be. Look back at verses 10 and 11. What do you want to be? God wants you to be renewed. I love that verse I love that phrase, renewed in knowledge after the image of its, the its there's the old, the new self, the image of its creator. It's saying that the new self ought to have a mind that, that has been renewed with the mind of Christ. Think about like an old laptop computer. Maybe you've got one at your house. Think about what happens when you take out the hard drive of that old computer and you replace it with a brand new hard drive. Maybe it's got a bunch of old spam and viruses on the old one and then you think about replacing that hard drive with a completely new hard drive that makes the computer work so much better. I guess it sounds pretty sci-fi, but wouldn't it be cool if we could just download the mind of Christ? into our brains and we can start processing everything around us everything that happened to us everything in this world everything that happened through that kind of mindset the mind of Christ 
Sometimes I wish it were as simple as just downloading. Verse 11, remember we're asking what what does God want us to be? Verse 11, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. It's not about being Jewish or Greek. It's not about being circumcised or uncircumcised or slave or free. God says Christ is all. He says it's it's about one thing. It's about being Jesus. And here speaking to Christians, he says Christ is in all. It doesn't matter how you're labeled. If Christ is in you, you really don't need any more credentials than that. If you belong to Christ, you can drop your credentials. You can drop your labels because Christ is all and in all. If Christ is all, then that's all. Christ is everything. So what does God want you to be? He wants you to be Jesus. He wants you to be like Christ. But let's flip that question around. And let's ask this question. What does Satan want you to be? Really think about that question. What does Satan want you to be? Satan loves labels. In fact, Satan was pretty successful in the early church in giving people identities apart from Jesus Christ. Their labels became distractions from the master's mission. I'm Greek. I'm a Jew. I'm circumcised, I'm uncircumcised, I'm a slave, I'm free, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm male, I'm female, I'm a proselyte, I speak in tongues, I prophesy, I'm a Paul follower, I'm an Apollos follower, I'm a follower of Peter. More on that in just a minute, but I want us to finish the passage first. Let's go to verse 12, and let's go ahead and be on the lookout for God's answer to the other big question that we began with tonight. We said, what do you want to be? We also said, what do you want to belong to? Everybody wants to belong to something. What what does God want us to belong to? Let's look at verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What's God want us to belong to? Look at the verses here. Verse 12, look at the words listed. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Look at the identity that God has given to us. It says we are chosen. And notice he he didn't say that, that we are called to be holy, even though we are called to be holy. It says as God's chosen, we are holy. God chose you. And when God chose you, When God chose you and when you chose to follow God, that makes you holy. That's the way it works. That means you belong to God because God alone is holy. And so when God makes us holy, that is something miraculous because holy is a word that only belongs to God. It's like he's given you a crown so that you can wear that title with him. It says in verse 12, we are beloved. Isn't it amazing how many people around us How many mixed up 
chameleons are really just wanting to be and feel loved. What do you want to belong to? There are a lot of people who would simply say to that question, I, I wish I could belong to a loving family. I wish I had a, a loving marriage. God addresses our need to be and feel loved by giving us a family of chosen, holy, beloved people. In verse 15 it says we are called to be one body. God wants you to be part of one body of believers, the body of Christ, that is the church. What do you want to be? What do you want to belong to? Brothers and sisters, we live in a world full of mixed up chameleons. Desperately longing, desperately looking to be something and belong to something. We said that Satan had great success in the early church in creating labels that distracted those Christians from being what they should have been and doing what they should have been doing. Listen, Satan hasn't changed his game that much. He knows that if he can get us to be labeled by things that don't belong to Christ, then he's distracted us from being what we really should be. Listen, if we're finding our identity outside of Jesus Christ, we've got an identity crisis on our hands. For example, I used to have a shirt in middle school that said, basketball is life. The rest is just details. I loved basketball. Why would I wear a shirt like that? Because I loved basketball. I was obsessed with it. And all the way up until eighth grade, it was, it was all I wanted to be. Every day I was outside practicing rain, sleet, snow, or shine. It didn't matter for hours and hours, whether it was lights outside or dark outside, because obviously I was the next Michael Jordan, right? Why? Because basketball is life. Basketball is my life. The rest is just details. I wish I'd never worn that shirt. Now, oh, Philip, come on. It's just a t-shirt. It's really not that big of a deal if you wear that kind of shirt. I mean, it's, it's just a t-shirt. It's really not that big of a deal. Listen, basketball is not life. Baseball is not life. Life is not music. Life is not money. Life is not being famous. Life is not possessions. Life is not any of those things because those are just things. I hope that it doesn't take you as long as it took me to understand that Christ is life. The rest is just details. I don't want to ever give anybody the impression that might see a shirt that I wear, give them the impression that life is about anything but Jesus. Listen. It's not my goal to make you angry, but I just want to ask you humbly, I want to ask you humbly, and I want to ask you to humbly open your heart and ask yourself, has Satan succeeded in giving me a label? Remember, Satan wants us to find identities apart from Jesus Christ. Oh, you want to be something. Be an athlete. Be committed to your sport. Be willing to put in the time. Be willing to do whatever it takes to win. Be willing to break the rules. Don't worry about the church. Don't worry about missing worship. Of course it's okay for you to miss. You're an athlete, so be an athlete. And you want to belong to something? Hey, guess what? Here's a team. Here's a bunch of other athletes that care about what you care about. Now you belong. Oh, you want to, you want to belong. You want to be something. Be attractive. 
wear that swimsuit, wear that dress, wear those kind of clothes, do whatever it takes to be attractive, whatever it takes to get people's attention, whatever it takes to get the compliment. If you want to be attractive, you don't need to eat that. You need to eat this. Better yet, don't eat. Because don't you know you're more attractive if you look like you're starving? Because being attractive is what it's all about. You're attractive. So be attractive. And you want to belong to something? Here are some friends whose number one priority is being attractive. In fact, it's what they talk about all the time. It's what they spend their money on. It's what their minds are completely consumed with. They love to talk about their appearances and about everybody else's appearances. Who's looking the best and who's looking terrible? Now you belong. Satan says, oh, you want to be something? Be rich. Make money. Then you can be whatever you want. Because after all, money is power. You're rich, so be rich. And you want to belong to something? Guess what? People love money. And since you've got all this money, you can buy your friends. They'll flock to you. And if you have money, they'll treat you like royalty. Now you belong. Oh, you want to be something? Be smart. Bury yourself in your studies. Put worship aside to get that A. Get that scholarship. Get that money to your dream college. And don't worry about skipping worship to work on that project that you've been putting off for weeks. It's a good excuse. And you want to belong to something? Guess what? Here's an elite university for people just like you. For all the smartest people. Now you belong. You want to belong to something? Be a cheerleader. Be pretty. You want to belong to something? Here's a cheerleading squad. You want to, you want to be something? Be a thug. You, you want to belong to something? Here's a gang. Here, be tough. Here's a gun. Here's some weed. Now you belong. You want to be something? Be a musician. You want to belong to something? Here's a record deal. Here's an agent. Here's a tour. Here's an entourage. See, in a very real way, you and I live in a world full of mixed up chameleons. You go to school with them. You work with them. You're friends with them. You're related to them. People that are looking for an identity. People that, people that want to be something. People that want to belong to something. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being an athlete. There's nothing wrong with being a cheerleader. There's nothing wrong with being smart. But God did not send you to this earth to be an athlete. God did not send you to this earth to be a cheerleader. God did not send you to this earth to be a pretty face. God did not send you to this earth to see how many followers you can gain. He didn't send you to this earth to make music. God did not send you to this earth to blank. None of those things are your life. Those things are just details. Your God-given abilities cannot, cannot save people. The reason you are on this earth is to tell people about the one who was sent to this earth to save people. That's it. For God so loved the world, you know the verse, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Students, everybody who's getting ready to go back to school, you want to be something? Be Jesus to people. That girl with the bad reputation. The one that everybody whispers about. She doesn't really want to be that way. She doesn't really want to dress that way. She just wants to be loved. She just wants to be accepted. She just wants to be noticed. She just wants to belong. 
be Jesus to her. Because you know Jesus met her, right? Jesus loved her enough to sit down and listen to her. And he gave her a purpose and he gave her a reason for living. He told her about living water. He gave her hope. He told her how she could begin building a brand new reputation. Go and sin no more. And suddenly she had a new reputation, a new identity. She was the most evangelistic woman in Samaria. So be Jesus to her. That rich kid in your class. The one that everybody knows is loaded. The one that people kind of resent because of his money. The one that people are kind of suspicious of. The one that most people have written off and they think he's a little bit annoying. Maybe a nuisance. Stuck up. Be Jesus to him. Because Jesus met him too. Jesus loved him enough to spend time with him. Jesus went to his house. He got to know him and he really wasn't as stuck up as everybody thought he was. He learned that there really was a lot more to him than what first met the eye. Jesus discovered that everybody had misjudged him. Jesus learned that he wasn't made of money but that he really genuinely cared about other people. Jesus encouraged him and he spoke kind words to him. And so he met the Savior. So be Jesus to him. That guy at school who always looks so miserable. The one who always looks so sad and tired. That guy that nobody hangs out with. The one that some people say is a little bit crazy. The one that nobody wants to have anything else to do with. The one that sits by himself and the one that you noticed the other day in class. He's in so much pain that he cuts himself. Be Jesus to him. Because you know Jesus met him too. Jesus loved him enough to notice him instead of politely ignore him. He loved him enough to intervene. He loved him enough to ask him his name. He loved him enough to help him cast out the demons that were controlling his life and making him so miserable. Jesus intervened and suddenly this guy was different. Suddenly he had a purpose. Suddenly he had an identity and a reason for living and he felt happy for the first time in a very long time. So be Jesus to him. You want to be something? Be Jesus. You want to belong to something? Belong to Jesus. The chosen. The body. The church. We're just all a bunch of chameleons that want to be something. But let's not be mixed up. Let's be Jesus. Let's be his chameleons. Let's look like him. Let's talk like him. Let's think like him. Let's live like him. Let's love like him. Chameleons, Christians, this week and in the weeks to come, let's be Jesus. Tonight, if you're tired of searching, if you're sick of having no idea what your identity is, Jesus wants to give you an identity. He wants to choose you. He wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. You can become his child. You can become a fellow member of the chosen. We'd love to see you make that decision tonight. If you'd like to become a Christian, 
make tonight the night you do that. If you'd like to ask for prayers, we'd love to pray with you. Don't put it off any longer.